Well, I'm going to say good morning. I know we've been we've been playing around before we started, but I'm going to say good morning to all the folks who are joining in with us. Folks are still coming in, finding themselves in uh, on this Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and we're we're so happy that you joined us. I can't say that enough, and I ask that you. Uh, come with your thoughts, your intentions, uh, your uh, prayer requests, if you will. Uh, We will address those or have our time to share those together uh, through the ether. There's a preacher who told me, he said, he said, we share together. We just don't, we just, we just do it internally. So just, just touch my head and I'm going to touch your head. See, I just shared with you. It just went through our hand. That's what it did. It went through our hand. Okay. So, we'll have time to share and have our moment of expressions a little bit later on in our time together. Today, with a couple of things I'd like to put on your mind for your consideration. Uh, down in Atlanta, there is some stress going on. You might have heard about it over... Uh, a congresswoman down there uh, who many have argued is directly relict or connected to uh, the January 6th insurrection and uh, there are many supporters particularly from the minority community now it was very interesting and I bring this up because uh, these groups most time when you hear about minorities, people think about black folks, or now they may look at other ethnicities like, you know, the Asians and the Indians and so forth and so on. But this is a minority group of all races and nationalities. They got white folks and black folks and Jews and Gentiles and everybody in there uh, trying to lobby and protest against Miss Green. Uh, remaining on the ballot. Uh, they believe that she should be disqualified uh, from her seat. And there are people down there who, of course, are in support. And they, they got a little bit of a civil war going on down there. So uh, please uh, keep your, your thoughts and your prayers in that direction. A little bit on the international scale. Uh, over there in Ukraine, uh, our thoughts and prayers are still there as uh, this little piece of business is getting a little bit more intensified than we thought that it would be. There are arguments and conversations and stuff. I know you've watched the news uh, that is pulling us towards some type of conflict, and so. We are keeping that in our prayers as there's a possibility we may have to, as a nation, involve ourselves in uh, military activity. Uh, We're hoping that it doesn't get there, and that's what we're keeping praying for, but we're also praying if that does get there for the protection of our men and women and the stability of all those in connection with that. And then over in Utah... We want to send a prayer out for the family of the late Senator Orrin 
Hatch, who passed away. Keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. I know he sat on a side of the aisle that many do not agree with, but uh, he was still a representative of his people, and uh, he served his country in the way that he believed was right, so we pray for them. Then it's a little Florida boy, two Florida people we want to talk about. A Florida boy, first name Noah. Noah Gailey, who got behind a vehicle going for a joyride at 156 miles an hour and killed about seven people. And they're having some stress down there as it pertains to that situation. So uh, please keep that in your prayers. Uh, One, as the article said, that another misguided Floridian they are using that politically that's why I bring it up to say that our school system is bad and all these other things and it's just being so very politicized and and we hope that we can look past that at the families that have lost loved ones and so forth and while we're talking about school system being bad my final person to consider today is a young lady by the name of Anaya Smith. Anaya Smith was a woman who was accused, arrested, and charged with threatening to blow up the school. This young lady has no idea. Her children does not even go to the school. But for some reason, somebody gave a description and they're trying to link that in some ways as a race charge. And so there is stress and tension there. So there's a lot of things I hope you will consider in your prayers. Mama Bell is going to play here in a moment. And as she's playing, that's a great opportunity for us to meditate on those things that we have just discussed. Then after we have met, after Mama Bell finished and we have our time of meditation on those things, Brother Dennis will come with a spiritual meditation, a biblical meditation. That's another opportunity while he's coming to to uh, look at ourselves and reflect on ourselves, at least over the last seven days. And then afterwards, we will move on into what we will have for our time together. My dear Mama Bell. Okay. Glad you're with Thank you. 
rather have Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mama Bell. Thank you. Always, always good to hear musical inspiration to start our Sundays off. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Come and join us this uh, Sunday after Easter. A lot of things have been going on this past week in my life. Hopefully, uh, things have been the same for you. Um, Last week, I had the opportunity to uh, visit a, a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, one of my former employees, students uh, of mine, uh, graciously just uh, uh, drove me out there to spend some time with the fella. He's uh, just had a 95-year-old, uh, just turned 95 uh, years old. There you go. Uh, so we had a good time together. We reflected our, our friendship. We reflected uh, our uh, Christian faith together, which was, is always nice. Um, and it was uh, very uplifting, not only for him and myself, but also for the young man that uh, took me out there to visit him. He was very, um, how should I say, influenced by by what was said. We couldn't stop talking about it on, on his drive back uh, to take me home. Uh, I said, uh, you know, he, he was just, the enthusiasm of the 95-year-old, I think, overwhelmed him. <laughs> I said, well, you know, it, uh, age is just a number, and uh, it's how you feel inside and spiritually that you, uh, you know, can reflect that and you uh, express that. And that's, that's what the uh, man did. And it was a blessing to me. And, and uh, you know, I look forward to seeing him again. But anyway, that's, so it's always, uh, I think I say all that because it's a good thing that we talked last week about going out, uh, spreading the faith and, and, and talking to people about who Jesus is. Well, this was a kind of a, two-pronged thing for my, myself. The fellow I went to seek was is very, uh, you know, grounded. He knows who God is. Believe me, it, him and I spent many an uh, afternoon uh, in, in his office or, uh, you know, praying with each other. So it was an opportunity for me to take the young man and uh, witness to him, uh, trying to, you know, give him a little bit more, uh, how should I say, just, you know, teach him. You know, there is a lot of spiritual people out there. You just uh, have to know who they are and where they are and, and not be afraid to, uh, you know, explore that avenue. That's, that's what uh, we did with him. He, he found out that, uh, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, no matter physically how you are, you know, God is always with you and always will protect you and be with you. So that was my opportunity to share with that young man, and, and I had the opportunity to do the same with some other people this past week, uh, with some neighbors, and that's always a blessing. And hopefully you've done that too. Um, you know, Eric asked us to, you know, talk to people, let them know who, what the virtual church is, and, and what uh, what it can be to, for them. Uh, you know, for each of us it's different. Um, you know, for for Mama Bell, it's a place to come and showcase her beautiful music. And, and I know everyone that 
appears her appreciates that and appreciates her um, you know, uh, ability to do that for us. And, and I, I, I look forward to that time, and, and I'm sure she looks forward to play it for us. Uh, I look forward to coming and, and sharing uh, a little bit of scripture, and maybe it'll be something that uh, inspires you. And, I'm, and I know Eric, you know, yeah, you know, he preaches on a street corner, so he's ready and, and able to do whatever. Of course, you know, there's always, uh, you know, Brother Booth, Pastor Booth, who, who uh, so eloquently prays for us every week. And that's, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So anyway, <laughs> moving on a little bit. The scripture this week is, is in Colossians uh, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And it's something, that, you know, we kind of talked about last week. Uh, you know, once you make a decision to follow and to accept the, our Lord, you know, it's up to us to, to strengthen it. And that's what Colossians talks about. You know, it says, uh, So just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live you, uh, your life in Him. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith, and excuse me, as you who are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And and that's the thing. See, this uh, past week that I went to see, you know, my brother uh, Frank and uh, in uh, Chesapeake, you know, uh, you know, to look at the, the joy on his face when he was talking about the Lord and talking about his life and, and how his family blessed him for his 95th birthday. You know, you could see the joy in his eyes. You could see the, the love that he has for God. And, and that's an inspiration for, you know, it's an inspiration for me. And the Bible should be that for all of us. You know, we, we make a decision and, and then we should follow it. You know, it's, it's like, okay, um, I'm going to cross the street. And you take a step and you go, eh, maybe not, and you back up. You know, but in order to get to the other side of the street, you've got to have to cross it, right? Sooner or later. And sometimes our lives are that way. Sometimes we make a decision and we start to follow through with that decision, and we kind of don't do that. Well, you know, God tells us we make a choice. We decide to do what God wants us to do. Well, we have to follow through with that. We have to take those steps you know, sometimes it may always be the good steps or the right steps we think they are, but you know, once you get to the other side, guess what? You, you find out that you've been uplifted, you've been strengthened in Him, and and you you're thankful that you did take those steps. You know, it's uh, that, and that's that's what we should do. You know, when you talk to people about God, you know, you you prepare yourself, you pray yourself up. And you pray for them, you know, that the Spirit will start talking to them and, and lead them um, in the right direction before you even talk to them. And, and when you have the opportunity to proclaim Jesus to them, you know, you uh, you got to be filled with the Spirit and filled with enthusiasm. You know, you can't, you know, you know, you get excited about some things, you know, well, sometimes we, you know, we need to be excited about Jesus. You get excited about, you know, your favorite sport team winning or, you know, the beautiful dress that you bought or how good you look on a Sunday morning with your 
hat and tie and or whatever else you may be, you know, strutting and showing off. Or maybe that's that new car you got, you know, so excited about it. Well, you know, come on. You need to be excited about who you have living with you and guiding you, and that'd be the, our Lord and Savior. You know, if you're going to get excited, let's get excited about who Jesus is, and let's get excited about telling other people about who he is, and let them know, you know, you have to be strong, and you have to be, you know, I, I, what, I want to say, uh, <clears throat> regular. You know, once you start something, you need to keep going. You don't, you can't stop. You, you gotta, you gotta keep feeding yourself. You gotta keep, you know, yeah. You gotta keep reading the Bible. You gotta keep attending, uh, you know, church or or some or the virtual church. You know, to get fed, to get lifted up. You know, to get strengthened. And that's what, you know, that's why we're here to strengthen each other, to pray for each other, and to give everybody the joy of Jesus that we have in our lives. And uh, proclaim it. Don't be afraid. Let other people know about who Jesus is. So when you tell them about who Jesus is, or, you know, let them think, let them know that you're excited. Yeah, there's more joy in Jesus than there is in a new car. All right? Think about that. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, just give us the strength that we need. Amen and amen. God bless. Amen. Well, good morning again to all of you fine friends joining us on this Sunday after. Easter. I uh, want to make a few announcements for you. Um, Next Sunday, uh, if you go back to 2020, Brother Dennis can uh, testify to this. We started our time together on Easter. And after it was over, conversation was that we would come back for Mother's Day. It was supposed to be a once-a-month piece of business. And Brother Dennis and some other people got together, and he said, I don't got nowhere to go, so uh, let's try this every Sunday, see how it lasts. And that was two years ago. And then last year, around about the time that we decided to celebrate our first year together, uh, me and First Lady met at the altar of love. And so this year, uh, I got nothing to tell you, and there ain't nothing come out of that, so don't, don't hold your breath. Mama Bell's waiting for me to say somebody pregnant. That ain't, that ain't true, but he is on nobody. Uh, But next Sunday, we're going to celebrate our community together. And I was trying to figure out whether I was going to tell you or not, but I decided I will. Uh, Reverend Chavis, y'all remember her. 
the nice, pretty voice that used to open our services, and uh, she went on her journey, and her journey led her through several states and cities and churches and hamlets and what have you, and, and she would like to come back and share where she has been since our time together. So she will be our guest speaker next Sunday morning. Uh, so tell everybody come here about her and the Lutheran on next Sunday morning. Uh, and then we will discuss the rest of the month's festivities as they get further on. Uh, Mother's Day will be, I'm not, we're going to work that out later. But this is the last Sunday, Mama Bell, that you will hear my voice in a speaking capacity until the middle to end of May. So you have to beat somebody else up because they're too long. Uh, so me and First Lady are going on vacation. We will be gone uh, next Sunday, not next Sunday, Sunday after next anniversaries and all the other good stuff. So we will be gone on second Sunday in May. Uh, and that's all the announcements I have for you right now. But I would like to put that in your ear. And also when we come back, we're going to do our second walk on May 14th. And we ask that you put that on your calendar, and we have some other things that we're going to work on as well. So May 14, 9 a.m., we're going to meet. I'll give you those coordinates because there is a 5K CHKB on the eastern side of the trail by Waterside, and so we're going to be further west encroach upon them. They go on their side and we'll go on the other side. And that's going to be on May 14th. So we will give you those details uh, as time gets closer to it. But now, I would like for us to prepare ourselves and uh, to bring our personal intentions we spent time earlier while Mama Bell was playing, focusing on the problems of the world and the stresses of same. I had a friend who we sat down and talked to, and we like to book the territory. I don't talk to people that, that you know, don't intrigue me. And what I mean by that is, Everybody I talk to, for some reason, I must be a sucker for pain because we have complicated conversations. One of those complicated conversations that I had with this particular person was the difference between, uh, well, we're just going to evangelical churches. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I hate trying to say white and black, so let's just say evangelicals. The difference between evangelical churches and more... Uh, classical churches. Evangelical churches is all about mission, about others, getting 
the world, the world, world, go, go, go. And more classical churches are all about me, me, my problems, my hurts, my pains, my suffering, so forth and so forth. And part of the reason why those evangelical churches can do the mindset of go, go, go is because most of them are filled with resourceful people. They're the bankers and the lawyers and the doctors and the political people and the highfalutin and the classical churches are filled with the, the cooks and the dishwashers and the floor scrubbers and so forth. And so when you're poor, you have a tendency to think about yourself more so than others. The greatest nation is self-preservation. But when you're rich, you're almost out of guilt. Exclude your own personal feelings. And my brother and I had a discussion. He said how bad that looks but how good it would look if we could somehow figure out. Because even though those people have a lot of problems, or a lot of money, should I say, rich people got a lot of problems too. And one of the main problems that I believe rich people suffer from is the fact that they believe nobody cares that they got problems. And so even though we come to church to pray for our friends and our neighbors, we must take the part B of the context of the Ten Commandments into its entirety of thought. When it says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and the second is as great as the first. Love your neighbor. That's what we did earlier. We loved our neighbor by praying for the issues and concerns. But now it's the second part of that. As you love yourself. So Pastor Booth is going to give us a few moments of his time and our time today to focus on our own concerns and our own intentions. Now's the time for you to be selfish with your creator. Express all the things that bother you. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your struggles. Let's do that right now, if you don't mind. He'll hear your faintest cry, and he will answer you by and by. Father, we're talking to you this morning. We are your children. We're the sheep of your pastor. You said, Lord, that we are your citizens. We are your kingdom citizens. We are your ambassadors. You said we can come and we can lay all of our cares and concerns at your feet because you cared for us and we thank you for that open door we thank you for that for that ability to come to you and father we come lord god as your children just wanting us we join our faith together as we stand in the gap as we intercede for one another as we intercede for the things of this world as we intercede for our neighbors our friends and our loved ones Father, we come now, Lord God, to present ourselves to you. Lord God, use our minds now to stretch us beyond our limitations and pull inside of us what we need. We pray, God, that you would give us revelation knowledge as we open our mouths and we pray for the things that we ought to pray. Father, as you have demonstrated in your word that we should pray and how we should pray, 
and that when we pray that we should say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And Father, as we come this morning, we pray that prayer over our homes, over our families, over our friends. Father, we come, Lord God, and we stand in the gap for situations that are all around us. We pray for situations that are happening in our homes, in our neighborhood, across town. Lord God, it's every one of us have a story that we could tell and we could relate to as we see with these natural eyes and as you have broadened and stretched us and allowed us to see even in the spiritual realm of the things that are going on. But Father, all of those things are controllable through by your word and by one word, one, one inkling of an action from you can change everything around us. And that's why we trust in you. We are bothered by what we see and hear a lot of times of the, the destruction of man, how he's destroying one another. Those people that are running for their lives, those are people trying to save their homes and only to turn back and see it destroyed with high, uh, artillery. Lord God, that there are people that, that open their windows and crack their windows, they see the misdeeds of men are happening all around them. Some pick up the telephone and hear about the things that have happened even to close loved ones, to them. They see our politicians and those who represent us, misrepresent us. Father, we see, Lord God, how the helplessness of people keep keep getting worse and Father, we see the disparity of those who are on poverty line. They continue, Lord God, to, the numbers continue to grow. If we would look at that, we would say there is no hope. We look at that, we would get in our feelings. And, and God, we wouldn't want to pray or even want to talk to you. But, Father, we come now because we can and we know that these things, Lord God, are just things that we are seeing. And, yes, they are true what we are seeing. But, God, you are empowering people. You're empowering us to pray. And and those that have the ability to work and to be advocate for those, Lord God, you're putting the right people at the right place at the right time. Oh, God, we are not coming, Lord God, as people of a political party. We come as your kingdom citizens. That all men need you, Lord God. For you so loved the world, the world, the world, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank you for the life source that you're giving us and that you're giving us even right now. As we pray, there's life coming over our homes. As we pray, life is going over our finances. As we pray now, life is going over our marriages. Life is going over our children. Life is going over our communities. Life is being risen in our state and in our national government. Father, we just pray to you. and We honor you, Lord God, because you're a strong God. You're God that always... Uh, know what you're doing. There's not a time that you don't know what you're doing, and we praise you. 
And so this morning, Lord God, as we open up our hearts and as we listen and as we have heard your word this morning, we'll be hearing your word from your man, Sarah. Father, we just prepare our hearts to be able to be electrified and that we may leave this place saying that we have been in your presence and that you have given us the victory over everything that, Lord God, is pertaining to life. And God, we thank you. We give your name the glory. We give your name the praise because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We shall lift our hands towards heaven and praise the Lord. Let us praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us lift our hands towards heaven. And praise the Lord. Let us praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us lift our hands towards heaven and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, God. Acts. Acts chapter 10. Verse 28. Acts chapter 10, verse 28. And it reads, Peter said to them, You know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner. But God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. I want to focus this morning uh, on the thought, only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 I... found myself listening to a conversation that led me or left me 
religiously speechless. I should stop now that I have said that and I've heard myself say that. I should stop telling people that I have ever been speechless because that is not true. I have never had a speechless moment in my life, at least not that I can remember. But I have had a religiously speechless moment. A religiously speechless moment is a time when you find yourself at least for me, lost, when you find yourself not being able to answer a question. Because deep down inside, the question that is being asked comes or derives from a train of thought, from a fear perspective that is directed towards that religion which does not make sense. If that is confusing, I am very sorry. Let me see how I can make this sound plain. You ever had somebody come to church and ask you a question about what's going on down there and you just can't answer it? Why do I support preachers that rape girls? Why do I continually go to churches that are not treating people right? Why do I continually support politicians and other organizations that are obviously not thinking about my invested interests? How can I support these items or these objections or objectives when I know deep down inside they are not right. I watched a few moments ago, maybe days now, months, I don't remember. You probably remember this more than I do, the timeline. Our uh, Justice Brown, I believe her name was, the one who was just placed on the Supreme Court, and I watched as the counterparts, the other side of her supporters, which were mostly Republicans, white male Republicans, some females in there too. Let's not be sexist at least. And they sat there and not one could find a hard word. Not one could question this young lady's qualifications. Not one could question her ability to hold position. Not one thought that she did not deserve the post. But they found themselves faced with a question that they cannot answer. I believe that a lot of us, if we peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section, 
all find ourselves. Sometimes we can squirm our way out of it. We find two, three scriptures, and that'll get us out of it. But but deep down inside, if you really pressure that bunion, squeeze that lemon till you get down to the bone dry, you can't answer the questions. Because a lot of our beliefs were not built off a biblical text, but rather tradition and experience. Many of our churches operate with a no alcohol policy, and I have no problem with that. I have no problem with going to a church and being told that you cannot drink. I don't drink, so I have no problem with it. But that's not biblical. As a matter of fact, one of the first arguments of, that you can use is the first miracle of the text. Jesus turning water into wine. Now, the excessiveness of the wine, the excessiveness of the drink, that's the problem. And then somebody who was at the cemetery school brought something to me that was very interesting, that again left me religiously speechless. The question that was presented to me was, have you noticed that many of us are struggling theologically? We're struggling to try to find which side of the aisle we sit on. Oh, this is bigger than Democrats or Republicans. This is bigger than African Americans and white Americans. This is bigger than just Americans versus other nations. No, 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 no. Some of us are struggling with whether or not we are Jesusians or Paulinians. Some of us have wrapped ourselves, and many of our evangelical friends, at least the ones that are honest, will tell you that we have spent so much time over there with Paul. Notice Paul did a lot of teaching, a lot of instruction. Paul was the philosopher and the theologian. Paul was more for instruction and guidance. But Paul's ideologies led to a point of reference. The problem that has some of us, myself, at the forefront, if I can just go ahead and put myself there, religiously speechless, is how have we given so much credence to a representative and neglected the actual person by which 
the faith was built upon. We've called ourselves Christians. That's a Paulinian perspective. Nowhere between the birth, the resurrection, burial, and ascension. I know I messed that up, but you got where it's supposed to go. Nowhere in there did you ever hear Christian use. Nowhere in there did you ever hear Christ follower. Jesus did, and the people didn't even pay attention to him. As a matter of fact, Paul at one point in time had to tell the the question when he had his own religious speechlessness, when he said, if they had known, that right there proved the argument that these disciples, these believers, these pre-Paulinian religious folks could not and did not follow the Christian model because that model did not exist. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Jesus. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Jesus. Feed my lamb. Isaiah prophesied of the coming of the Messiah, and he said, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus got up and read this text to preach the good news to the poor, to come and bring healing to the captives, to open the eyes of the blind. The Jesusian gospel, the Jesusian religion, focused on the act of wholeness, whereas the Paulinian perspective Focus on the understanding and the interpretation of things. It's two different identities. It's two different perspectives. And one should not cancel out the other. But somewhere along the line, and I know it doesn't sound like this matches my text, but I'm going to get there. I thought Brother Booth was going to pray a little bit longer. He didn't, so I got time. I'm going to take it. Somewhere along the line, there was a confusion between which gospel we should follow. I have ran into many evangelicals who cannot fathom the understanding or the interpretation of grace. You've met some of them. Jesus is a footnote, but his actions are muted in their theological perspective. You don't hear theologians getting up talking about the woman at the well because the act of forgiveness 
is not a Paulinian perspective. As a matter of fact, the Paulinians disprove of women having positions in the kingdom. But then I ask of you, since I went there, my Paulinian brothers and sisters, if this is accurate, that women do not hold a position that I must ask of you. What exactly is preaching in the first place? Preaching, carrying the good news. I, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring the good news to the poor. But let's not talk about the poor. Let's just stick with bring the good news. Because one thing that does exist inside the Jesusian philosophy is that these things I have done, you shall and greater. So therefore, if the Jesusian perspective says that I can do what Jesus could do, then why? Can I perceive or why can I have the perspective that women preachers are important? After all, who was the first one to carry the message of his resurrection? It won't a brother. He had better things to do. Look around our churches. Sunday afternoon, prayer meetings. Will and workers conferences. Nine times out of ten, you know what you ain't gonna find? A brother? Oh, they may swing by every now and again to help care two, three boxes because they're gentlemen. But for the most part, the people who are doing the actual work for the building of the kingdom in our churches are mostly women. And yet, when it comes time for the credit, they are told to sit down, shut up, and go ask their husbands. Now, there is some reference to that, why he used that, and I ain't going to talk about that today. But I would just like to argue that there is some... Discombobulation. There's some confusion. And we have to understand, at least I would hope that we can understand, that there is a difference between the Paulinian and the Jesusian philosophy. Now, all this led to my text because the Paulinian theory is not something that we must blame on Paul because most of Paul's work was spent trying to clean up what happened in Acts chapter 10 verse 28 
Because somewhere along the line, Christians forgot that there was once a time. You ever heard somebody say, I remember when he ain't now? Don't get too big for your britches. Sometimes it's easy to forget that once upon a time you was on the number 23 hoping that the 23 didn't run late and miss the 18 that was going to then take you to the two that would drop you off at the five and get you to work on time. It's easy to forget now that your wheels are more personalized. There's once upon a time when you were begging for rides, when there was once upon a time when your seats were not warm. When your stern wheels were not sane. There was once upon a time when you looked out the window and you saw the rain after the puddle was in your kitchen floor. There was once upon a time. Oh, how easy it is to forget. But most importantly, The part that leaves us religiously speechless, at least me, is when someone has decided that they are the arbiter of right. I looked around our world around 2008, 2007. This was around the time when I became, as I said, spiritually speechless. When I looked around at then the ascension of Barack Obama, and all of the struggles and stresses that was going on in our world. And I noticed something very, very interesting. I noticed that there were groups of people, there were communities that were rushing to the aid, that were fueling and emboldening the conversation of inequality and social justice. And the one group of people who you did not see that were church folks. How is it that the planet that God gave to his children Those who have chosen to follow him, my sheep know my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. How is it that those people was not on the side of climate change and environmental protection? But rather we as Christians, 
were leading rallies to exterminate homosexuals while the homosexuals was trying to make sure that our planet didn't kill us. I don't understand. And I'm not here to start a debate whether or not gay wrong. I ain't got time. I could care less. That's between they and their God. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Judge ye not, lest ye be judged. But I do want to ask, when it comes to these questions, one of the leading pastors that was starting, and I'm not going to name names because I don't care. I'm just proving a point. I ain't trying to call out no problem. One of the leading pastors who was fighting and not speaking against climate change and not speaking against but rather trying to socially destroy these groups. And part of the reason why he was doing it, it was discovered that many of the oil typhoons was living and operating out of his church. Oh, yeah, you ain't going to speak against environmental problems when the people who's causing it is paying tithes. I understand. It's hard to support right when wrong is funding you. I understand. It makes sense to me. I'll deal with that maybe around June. I'm going to stick to where I want to go today. Because where I believe my focal point must be is asking the question that has had me at least religiously speechless. How and who are we to decide who is of God and who is not? I said I wasn't going to go there, but I would like to just for this argument. Because inside of that room, there was a pastor who happened to be a lesbian. And the pastor of the lesbian church stood up and she made an a convincing argument that even I could not refute. She said, I'm not here to say whether or not one of us is right and one of us is wrong. I am not here to try to convince you to believe that my lifestyle is one that you should choose. As a matter of fact, I believe everybody should make their own choice. Now, let me tell you why I couldn't refuse that. Brother Joshua told me, actually, he explained it better than I could. Brother Joshua Got over there in the end of this book. He said, listen, I understand that you got your thing that you're doing. 
And I would like to tell you that I believe that this is the way that we should live our lives. I believe that this is the perspective. I believe that this is what God requires of us. But I'm not going to stand in your way as long as you don't stand in mine. Because that's for me and my house. This is what I'm going to do. Where did that gospel lose its momentum? Where did that theology drop off and die? The theology that says I have a personal relationship with my creator, and that relationship is only restricted to me and my house. Outside of my house, I have no jurisprudence. Outside of my house, I have no jurisdiction. Outside of my house, I do not have the authority to be judge, jury, or executioner. As a matter of fact, one thing that I believe the Jesusian and the Paulinian Gospels agree with is let a man examine himself. And so Peter spent his time with a little bit of amnesia. He had to be reminded, Peter, you know, just a few days ago from this moment in time was dodging bullets. Just a few days ago, he saw his best friend, one would argue, he had to be his best friend. At least the text kind of insinuates that. Everywhere you look, it's always James, John, and Peter. So somewhere there was a fondness between he and Jesus. Peter had just saw his best friend. Betrayed, hold away. He on the teeth from getting shot or assassinated, however you want to put it. Only to get here and forget that he was once the outsider. As a matter of fact, we can not go all the way back to We can start when he came out of the upper room and began to preach to the 3,000 people there who got saved. And it ran and caused some disturbances amongst them, which landed him in jail. 
And somewhere the people prayed and some things happened. Peter, just a few days after the other days, closer to the other days that we speak of, was an outsider. And then he went, yeah, I see, I understand that happened. But you got to understand something. No, I don't understand. I want to ask you a question. And you may share in this answer, and it may make you laugh, and it may make you think. Peter dismissing a man because he's a who had just been attacked by Jews is like a black man turned on an immigrant for white people. Did you not forget that there was once a time when the past time was hanging from a tree? And now you look at people coming in from Ukraine who is running and trying to flee, and you sit as if that is beneath you? Someone asked in an article. But that's fine, because Peter had that moment where he had to remember, yeah, He had to have a come to Jesus meeting. Now, notice Jesus did not beat up Peter, if you go back and read. He just gave Peter a friendly reminder because it's easy to forget. The church I come from used to sing a song back in the day it said, Lord, roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Lord, show me where you brought me from, where I could have been. Lord, you know I'm only human. And watch this. And humans forget. So remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. What does all this mean? I come in for my landing. My focal point today, I hope to bring to your perspective or at least to your consideration. We are blood-washed believers. We are people who have accepted access to the greatest gift known to mankind. But at the same time, we recognize that there are others in this world who, A, have yet to accept that gift, and B, may not interpret that gift the same as we do. 
There are those who live under the Paulinian gospel. There are those who live under the Jesusian gospel. And then, believe it or not, there are still those who live under the Mosaic law. They believe in an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And then they're just those who can't figure out heads or tails on either. And they're lost. You might remember, I seem like every Sunday I just roam through a hymn book. But it kind of brings back or gives a meaning, a different understanding when they said rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Care for the dying. Now you say, well, I do that. I care. Well, that goes into a deeper perspective that we don't have time to deal with today. Because some, maybe not here, but there are some who the reason why their caring seems so harsh is because they are following the text. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. The second is as great as the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's the problem. How can you love your neighbor when you don't love yourself? When you have put your theology, your belief system, your perspective, and your experience, which sometimes is even a detriment to yourself. Love yourself, and that helps you to love others. And then finally, when you remember from where you have come, when you remember Vividly, sometimes it's great to sit down and really think about. First lady makes me mad sometimes because she puts on these movies, and these movies trigger. Sometimes it's good to be triggered because it keeps you remembering that somebody now is feeling what you felt. And the same mercy that you want, the same grace that you and I need, is the same grace that others need. And I'm not trying to tell you to sit down and watch stuff that's going to make you mad or hurt your heart. Please don't go in and put yourself in that just because you're trying to prove a point. 
Don't go triggering yourself. If you can't deal with people shooting, please don't watch, don't shoot them up. But at the same time, remember, help me to remember, this morning as grandmother's coming to pray for us, I would like to ask that you would consider, just think about it. I don't expect anything from you. I'm not rushing you. Just think about it if you would. Sit there quietly in your moment of meditation. Just ask the Lord to roll back the curtain. Lord, please show me where you brought me from. And then remind me that I'm supposed to be in jail. Remind me that I'm supposed to be in a gutter somewhere. And remind me that, yes, I'm even supposed to be dead. I got to sit here, Lord, because I'm human. And sometimes as a human, we get, I get selective amnesia. But I remember today. And not only do I remember what you've done for me, but I pray for the grace to love others who haven't gotten here yet. To others who cannot understand that through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Twas grace that brought me. Everybody ain't got there yet. Everybody doesn't have that experience. They don't have that testimony. Some folks are still struggling in the wilderness of life. I don't know of anybody who is just determined in their heart that they're just going to be ignorant, stupid, demonic. I don't know of anybody. But I know who those actions are the effect of their pain. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I've already come. Twas grace that brought me safe thus far. And it's grace. That will lead me on. When I say only God can judge me, I do not use that as a negative statement. I would like to use that as a personal reflection. Lead him to God. He's the only one that can help him. And if we lead him to God, and stop trying to fix them. I believe our world will be better. This morning, grandmother's coming right now.
may we reflect. May the curtain be rolled back. And may we be reminded that just like we judge, somebody once judged us. And Lord, we didn't like how that felt then and help us not to do to others what we were hated being done to us. My dear grandmother, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endure forever. Sing unto the Lord, all the earth. Remember his marvelous works that he have done. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Most holy and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We're asking you, O oh God, to help us this morning. Help us, O oh God, to trust you in every situation. Help us, O oh God, to look to you. And God, teach us your way. Teach us, dear God. We depended on you this morning. God, you know the errors, the mistakes. You know our ideals. You know what we've been taught. You know the things that we are going through. But merciful Father, we ask you this morning to wash us, wash us white as snow. Help us, O oh God, to seek you. Help us just to trust you, knowing, God, that you are in control of every situation. We thank you, O oh God, because you love us so much. In spite of all our shortcomings, in spite of all our faults, you continue to love us. You continue to teach us your way. You continue to send your word to us and help us to read your word. And as we read your word, open up our understanding that we might be able to see as you see. See through us, dear God. We need you this morning, God. Help us to remember from whence we come. Help us remember that you brought us through every situation. Help us to remember, God, that what we was, but what we are now because of who you are. You brought us to this day, and we said thank you, God. We thank you, God, because you was there when we was all out of shape and out of control. But, Lord, you brought us this day, and you opened up our understanding that we might see you and understand what you are saying in your word. And we just thank you this morning. God, in the name of Jesus, we just said thank you. We thank you this morning. Give us patience. Give us love. Give us encouragement. Oh God, that we can encourage someone else to come and find you, that we can encourage someone else to let them know that they are loved, that you love them so much, that you are in control of every situation. And we just thank you this morning. We thank you this morning, dear God. We praise you, God, because God, you knows all situation. And help us just to remember. Remember, oh God, where we come from. And remember, we didn't get here by ourselves. We got here by your grace and your mercy. Your grace and your mercy brought us to this day. And we just thank you today. We thank you and we love you, God. Help us, oh God, to be them shining lights in this dark world. Help us, oh God, to encourage souls to come to you and encourage them to live for you 
and understand that you know best. We just thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We magnify your name, God. Oh, God, we give you thanks. You said give you thanks in all things, and your mercy endure forever. And we just praise you. We love you. And we magnify your name. And we give your name all the honor, all the honor, all the praises, all the glory. We give it all to you. But you said no man takes your glory. And we just said thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful day. In the name of Jesus, be sweet. Take care.